This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for almost 30 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. Pastor's message on empowering others through encouragement speaks simply to the power of an encouraging word sown in love to someone who needs to hear it. It may be a word of praise for a job well done or a word of encouragement for one not so well done. God has given us all the ability to reach out to others because the world needs encouragement. It's all about the truth that was spoken over Abraham. You have been blessed to be a blessing. Now, here's Pastor to speak of that powerful responsibility God gave all of us to be a blessing to someone else. You know why the Dead Sea is dead, by the way? You know the Dead Sea in Israel? You know why it's dead? And I've been there. And you know why it's dead? Because it only takes in and it does, never gives out. The water is stagnant. That's why it's, it's dead. There's nothing living in it because it's totally stagnant water. And it's the same way with, with Christians. We, we, if, if all we do is, is consume and look for our own needs and wants and desires, and we never think about anybody else and how we can bless them and be an encouragement to them, we become dead and stagnant spiritually. And I don't want to be dead and stagnant. I want to be alive and flowing and going and receiving and giving and abounding. That's what God has called us to. That's the most most fulfilling thing that you could ever experience in your life. It's to be used of God in that way, to be an encouragement. So you encourage someone along in their way to find their dreams, to find their desires. To find, you become a conduit of blessing. You empower somebody else through encouragement. I know myself as a pastor, I love encouragement. Uh, I don't thrive on it. I don't need it to do my work. But when it comes, boy, it is like a breath of fresh air. In fact, I was sharing earlier that I actually keep an encouragement file at home. And some I have on my computer. And those are the cards and the letters and the emails that people have sent to me over the years just describing to me how blessed they were or, or thanking me and appreciating the ministry that I do or a word that I gave, a teaching or something I prayed for them. And I'll tell you what, it, it was... It, it is just such a blessing. And I ref, every once in a while when I fall into, you know, maybe feeling a little discouraged about something, I'll go back to my encouragement file just to bolster myself. Some of those people aren't even around anymore, but those words were true when they spoke them and I take them as truth and I continue to, to allow those words to encourage me along the way. You ought to do the same thing. You ought to have an encouragement file. You ought to do that. You ought to remember when someone appreciates you or says something nice to you, Put it somewhere where you can go back and refer to it because it will help you along the way. Can I get a better amen than that? All right. So I wanted to give you a little testimony. Um, actually, you know what? Let me, no, before I give you my testimony, I wanted to read this. This is so powerful. I want to, I want to, I came across, someone had mentioned to me a bunch of years ago about geese and how geese, you know, have this, this way, this inbred uh, natural thing in them where they, they fly together in flocks. And anybody ever noticed that they fly, you know, 
sometimes they fly through our neighborhood and I'm often concerned when I'm walking the dogs when they're flying over my head. There's so many of them that one of them is going to let loose on me and, and I'm like, let's get under the trees or something. But this is an amazing, amazing story and I think it'll, it'll say some things that, to you that will minister to you just like it ministered to me. This was written by a guy by the name of Jonathan Grow. have no idea in the world who he is. He's the founder, founder of a company called Sense to Share, C-E-N-T-S. He's in the financial arena. Anyway, he says, he says, nature has a reputation for finding pretty efficient ways of surviving. And the goose is a prime example. It has been found that geese who travel together in formation are able to travel between 75 to 80% farther than a single goose traveling alone. Wow, does that speak? In other words, we can accomplish more together than we can apart. And that's a Bible principle. Isn't it amazing how these biblical things are actually inbred? This becomes part of just, it's inbred in, in, even in nature. He says they can accomplish more together than they can apart. Go 75 to 80% farther together in a flock than they can apart. See, that's why the devil wants to try to separate the church. Because he realizes when he separates the church, he diminishes the, the ability of that church or that, that individual or individuals from getting to the farthest place that God really created for them to go. That's why the Bible says one will chase a thousand and two will put 10,000 to flight. If two of you agree on earth as asking anything, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. If two of you get together... If two and three and four and five, look at the power that becomes available. That's why the devil's always trying to break unity. Nature even proves it. When you fly together and you stay in formation, you're going to go much further or much farther than you would alone and apart. Can I get a better amen than that? Geese that travel in formation fly in the shape of a V. By traveling this way, geese are able to maximize the amount of energy that gets output from each goose during flight. The goose in the front creates the slipstream for which the geese following can pass the goose in the front. The goose in the front creates the slipstream. I'm the goose in the front in this flock. All right? So what I'm supposed to be doing is creating the slipstream for which the geese following can pass through creating less drag on the overall group. So the lead goose is, is creating this stream that all the other geese are able to catch and get in and he's actually creating, in other words, he's trying to make their flight a little bit more easy. And that's what your pastor's trying to do. Amen? There's so much teaching in this, but I want to get to the part that I want to get to. The geese behind help to push the geese in front of them uh, when they push their wings up because it creates an upward draft that lunges forward. The effect is similar to the push-pull motion that helps all the members of the flock. So when they're in coordination, they're working together, they're pushing, pulling, going, flying, and, and, and things are happening. They're going, they're going. The lead goose, that be me, <laughs> uses a lot more energy than the following geese. Now, ain't that an interesting thing? <laughs> The lead goose uses a lot more energy than the following geese and so gets tired much more quickly. To mitigate this problem, the lead goose position is rotated among all the members of the flock so that each goose takes the lead position, but then he gets to rest before taking the lead again. So he falls out, he goes behind, and sometimes the lead goose needs a rest. 
That's why I'm going on vacation soon. <laughs> a third very interesting observation is that any geese that drop from the flock, whether due to injury, sickness, or lack of energy, will never be left behind. Typically, a few geese will stay with the goose that falls behind in order to encourage and help protect the goose until he or she is ready to return to the flock. Now, now he addresses the issue of why geese honk at one another. And this is what I wanted to, that fits our discussion today. The most important point I've learned from the information has to do with how geese constantly honk at each other while they are flying. Sometimes you can even hear it um, as they fly over. It can get so loud. And he talked about his own experience. He says, this last month especially has been pretty active for geese as they migrate to warmer temperatures. Now listen. Scientists think this honking has two effects on the entire flock. First off, it probably allows the geese to locate each other in order to avoid hitting one another. But this is the second part that I want you to hear and listen to. Secondly, and possibly more important... It is widely thought that this honking is a way of encouraging one another in order to keep up flock morale. By honking, geese are able to communicate their mutual success and really put forth a full effort for the entire flock. Honking. And that was the part that someone had told me years ago about geese that they, the honking is believed to be an encouragement. So let me ask you a question. Have you honked at anybody lately? <laughs> How's your honking going? I mean, it, it, it's, it's the truth. You see, they encourage one another to keep up flock morale so that the flock will stay together and fly farther than they could ever do alone and apart. So, so you've got to get your honk on. You got to get your honk up. You got to you got to start reaching out and honking at somebody. You can do it. You can do it. You're going to get there. Come on. Keep with it. Keep flapping. Keep flapping. Keep flapping. You're going to get there. That's what we're called to do. We're called to encourage one, not tear each other down, not look at each other's faults, not complain about each other. Oh, this one's like that. This one's like Man, you're killing the whole morale of the community. We're supposed to be encouraging one another, lifting one another up. Now, can I just give you a personal testimony as it relates to my little toy that I brought here today? You see this little thing? Everybody see this? The power, the empowerment that comes by encouraging other people or the empowerment that it gives others through encouragement. All right. Well, many years ago when we were in in the Porchester building, which is a small church, you've heard me talk about 150 people with about $150,000 in the bank. We got the dream of building a building. Tried to buy this property. Many of you know the story. We lost it. Came back around a second time. We finally bought the property. And we had to scrape and, and dig. And, and I'll tell you, don't ever do this. It, was, it wasn't probably the smartest thing that I've ever done. But I actually maxed out every credit card I had in order to scrape up enough money to buy this property. So when I tell you I'm invested here, I'm invested. I really went out on a limb to try to get this property purchased and get this building built. And I can remember in those days when we, just, we finally bought the property after begging, borrowing, not stealing, but just begging and borrowing and doing everything we could do to get the money up to buy this property. And uh, my brother-in-law comes to me, my brother-in-law Chris, who I, I admire and love and been part of my life for many years and, and it's been there for all of the 
big issues. I mean, I, there's never a time in my life when I don't remember him in my life. Because he and my sister started dating when they were 13. So I was just a baby. I can't tell you how old I was. I was just a baby. And how long have you been married? 50, 56 years. Wow. And wait. I remember the day they got married because I was the ring bearer. But they wouldn't put the real rings on the pillow because they were afraid I might drop the pillow and the rings disappear, get lost. So my brother-in-law comes to me. Now, we just purchased a property. We have no money. We have 150 people. Our 150,000 is gone. So now we have 150 people and no money. But a dream to build this project and to do this building, by, you know, build it up. Getting from where we were to a finished project was like you trying to get from here to the moon on a bottle rocket. If, if you understand what I'm talking about. It was, it, it looked like, I don't know how we were going to do it. I had no idea how we were going to do this. So my brother-in-law comes to me one day and he has this little package and he says, I, I bought this for you. I said, really? And I opened up and I said, what the heck is this thing? It's like ugly. It has like skinny little legs on a wind-up thing and you wind it up and you put it into dances on the table. And I said, he said, well, he says, I was at the, muse- I think it was the Museum of Art. It was some sort of meeting you went to or whatever when you were in business and you bought it for me, and he said, I bought this for you to put on your new desk in your new office in that new building. And I thought, new, new building, new office, new desk? We are so far away from a new building, a new, new... I mean, you would never know the warfare that we went through to get this project completed and to get this thing done. I, I can't, I mean, when I think about it, it makes me shudder because I often say that had I known what I was going to go through before I got started, I, we wouldn't be sitting here right now because I would have never done it because it, it, I mean, it was the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. And he handed me this thing and when he handed it to me, I, I, I thought, wow, Chris really believes in me. I took this little thing and I set it at home on my desk at home and I kept looking at it and every time I went through a challenge in this building, I look at this little thing and I say, it was a reminder, one day this is going to sit on my desk, my new desk, in my new office, in the new building. And it also spoke to me and it said, and Chris believes in me, he believes in me so much that he's already bought me something for my desk that I don't even own yet. To go in a building that's not even built yet. This little thing became such a source of encouragement to me. And I can't tell you how many times I looked at this thing, Chris. I think I've told you that. And then finally, the day that we completed this building and I got my new desk delivered and my new furniture and my brand new office that I never had because when I was in the other building, I shared the office with, three other pe- with two other people. So with three of us in one little office that on a desk that someone had given me, it was all beat, beat up. That, that's the desk I had. Now I walk in and I'm in my beautiful fancy desk in my beautiful fancy office with carpeting in my own bathroom, my own private clean bathroom. This is, I mean, and the very first thing that I did was pull out this little thing and I stuck it on my desk and I said, hallelujah, we made it. I say that to you to say that the smallest things in life that you do for someone can mean the world to that person. It's a way of saying to somebody, I believe in you. I'm standing with you. We're going to do That's what that thing said to me. He said, I know my brother-in-law's with me. He didn't laugh at me. Others did. 
You know, you're crazy, you never get this done. One, one person in the church said, you bought a rock. You know, you bought a rock. Rock's expensive to remove. I had no idea, but I found out real fast. When we started removing rock, I found out how expensive it is to remove rock. But, but my brother-in-law, don't worry, we're going to get there. You're going to do it. And that's what that little thing, and it still reminds me of that. Now his, his grandkids play with it, and they almost broke it a few times, and I have to keep taking it out of their hands and put it back on the shelf. Because I don't want to lose that little thing. It's just, it still stands as a reminder that he believed in me. He bought me something long before, to put on my desk, long before the thought of a desk, a building, was even possible. I already had somebody who was standing with me, and that little toy, that little toy was his way of connecting with me and expressing that encouragement. So I say you never know the little things you do in life that will encourage people, but um, do it. Be an encourager. Cheer people on. You know, um, what is, what it, I just wrote this down. We'll, we'll finish up here. But I just wrote this down. How, how do you encourage people? Cheer people on. Cheer them on. Come on, you can do it. Be a cheerleader. Run alongside them. Maybe sometimes you just need to get alongside them and walk through some things with them. You know? Here's one. Share your secrets of failures and successes in your own life. Be open and transparent. One of the things, the comments that I get about this ministry and about this church and about my way of teaching, people say this. I'm not saying this about myself, but people say this to me all the time. What I love about you, Pastor Ray, is that you're real. You, you, you're transparent. You're not afraid to say that you've made a mistake or you failed. And, 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 and people gain encouragement when you share your real life stories with them. Because they say, well, if they could do it, I can do it too. They understand what I'm going through. And if they made it, I can make it as well. Maybe our circumstances are different. You know, times and places and faces and people are different. But the story is all the same, right? So, so cheer people on, run alongside them, share the secrets of you. Be open, be transparent. Nobody wants to, no one's encouraged by a phony baloney. Nobody's encouraged by somebody that looks like they have it all together when everything's really falling apart. Well, you should do this, and you should get run away from people that are constantly giving you advice. Because they probably don't take advice from anybody anyway. But, but gravitate to people who talk about their own life's experiences and, and talk in a humble fashion and try to, try to encourage you that you can do it too. Is this helping anybody here today? Am I preaching to anybody? All right. Almost finished. Pay compliments when others have done a good job. Don't, don't, don't hold back on a compliment. Somebody's done a good job, let them know. Tell them. Take the time to. And don't think that somehow they're going to get ahead of you. That's, that's, that's not right. That's not right thinking. You, you, you need to encourage others when they've done a good And then encourage those who are struggling. Maybe those who have tried something and they failed or they feel like a failure. They're just going through a hard time. And they just need someone to bolster them up with, and be empowered by that encouragement. You're going to do it. You're going to get there. It's going to be all right. I'll stand with you. I'll pray for you. I'll pray with you. Am I speaking to anybody here? So encourage those who are are struggling or have failed. Um, You know, I I was talking to one young fella in the gym the other couple, well, this happened a couple months ago, but he had left the gym to go and try try a business in insurance. And, And he was all excited about it and this was his key to success and he went and he, he went into the insurance business and he came back like three months later four months later and he's like nah it's not for me and you could tell he was really down about it I just pulled him aside I said you know what let me tell you something you tried you tried you did something that others would not even dare to do you tried something new you didn't fail you just learned that that's not for you 
You just learn that that's not for you. So who cares? Don't worry about it. Pick yourself up. Keep going. God's got a plan. God's got something for your life. You know, and, and you can just see how he lives. And, you know, thank you, Ray. That really, that really, that really encourages me. And, and, you know, you can see he kind of squared his shoulders back. He said, yeah, I got to have the right attitude and think about this right. Didn't work, so what? I'll just keep moving on. You got to see how you got to encourage people who are struggling along the way. You may say, well, I'm struggling. Well, it's like it goes back to what I said before. Stop focusing on yourself. Focus on somebody else for a while. You give it out and you'll get back what you need. You give out encouragement, encouragement will come to you. As a man sows, so shall he reap. I said, as a man sows, so shall he reap. As a man sows, so shall he reap. You reap love, you get love. You reap forgiveness, you get forgiveness. You reap hope, you, you, your hope will be restored in your life. You, you sow encouragement, you will reap encouragement. All right, almost finished. I know I said that 20 minutes ago. Tell people you believe in them. I believe in you, you're going to make it. Tell them. And then here's, here's, make it practical. Write a card. Send a text. You know, send an email, a voicemail. We live in, in such a wonderful age where we can do these things so easily and quickly. And I do this. I sit home sometimes and I'm just going, I'm thinking, thinking of Brother Stone. So I say, let me just send him a, an email or a text. Thinking about you today. Often I do that with workers in the ministry. Just, hey, man, I was really blessed today by that song you sung or by that, you know, guitar thing you did. Or just, you're you're awesome. Just keep on going. You're you're blessing many lives. Just tell somebody. Send them a text. Write them a card. Uh, Send them an email. Give a face-to-face. Buy them a little something like that and just say, you know, I believe in you. And and you're going to do this if they're facing some sort of challenge in life. Learn to be an encourager. Now, now, let's stand to our feet. I'm going to give you some homework to do. You ready? This is your homework for this week. Is everybody ready for some? Are you all all right? You ready for some homework? You all didn't say yes. Yes. All right. I want you to find five people in this week. You don't have to do it all in one day. Five people, Monday through Friday. Five people. I'll give you the weekend off because you, you need to be in church. Find five people this week. Pray. Let God put those people on your heart. And then take the time to send them a word of encouragement. Send them a text. Write them an email. Send a card. Give them a phone call. Or do a face-to-face. And not to be anything mushy, ushy, you know, gushy, like, you know, to be flowery. Just thinking about you, want to let you know how much you've blessed my life, you know, whatever, however, whatever is appropriate. Find five people. Can you do this? Yes. Find five people and begin the process of encouraging them. See what comes back into your life. See how God will bless you back and how good it's going to make you feel when you start to reach out beyond yourself and touch people around you in that way. Put your stuff aside. And just focus in on somebody else. Can you all do that this week? All right, come on. Give the Lord a hand clap, a shout, and an amen. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. 
If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you simply want to sow a gift into the work of the MTC Radio Ministry, go to livingwordchurch.org and and click on the Give Online Radio Ministry tab. Or send your check to MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Pastor Ray invites you to visit Living Word Church in person or via their weekly live stream broadcast Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. But before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. This is Pastor Ray Hegistilianos. It's always a privilege to share the life-saving, life-changing Word of God with you, our listeners. And today, as always, I trust that these messages are impacting your life in a very positive way. Remember that as life's challenges come, we are more than conquerors. This has been More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray Hegistilianos and is provided by Living Word Christian Church, White Plains, New York.